Yeah, good climate, nice beaches. You can learn to swim. No, I swimming. I can't swim! <laughs> Think you use enough dynamite there, bud? Why, are you crazy? I couldn't do that. Could the you do that? Will probably probably kill you. do that. Better get ready. Welcome to Cocktail Cinema, folks. Shh. I am your first favorite bartender, your third favorite author, and the biggest fan of the movie we are covering today. Before we get to that, I'd like to introduce my bestest of friends, the posse, Greg and Shasti. The posse. The posse's here. We're all accounted for. It's a pleasure. Yeah, boys. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Pleasure. All righty. So, as I said, I'm a big fan of the movie we're covering today. So today's movie is Same. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. <laughs> all right, so this movie came out in 1969. It was directed by, I always get his name wrong, George Roy Hill. Uh, the director of The Sting, which also starred a couple of familiar faces. Hmm. Before we get into those familiar faces, though, the budget of this movie, this is what blew me away. So this movie had a budget of $6 million. Really? The box start. office for this movie, $101 million. Ooh, Bang yeah. off the bat. Bands, bands. Big time hit. I mean, we're Big talking about hit. a few heavy hitters, right? Should I get right oh, into yeah. that? Oh, yeah. Dive into it, buddy. Uh, right. Robert Redford it. as Sundance. Uh, Paul Newman as Butch Cassidy. I mean, those two names alone. Box office. Boomer. Um, Catherine Ross as Etta. A um, couple of cameos here and there. Um, Cloris. Le- I know Josh is going to love this. One. Cloris Leachman. <laughs> love Zagnus. my life. <laughs> Um, Ted Cassidy as Harvey Logan, um, George Firth as Woodcock, Timothy Scott as News Carver, and Sam Elliott as Card Player 2. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Mm. Smoke. So, yeah, big time cast for that time period. Big time money. Holy crap. Um, so let's get into the speed summary. Yep. In the Wild West, Doc from Cars met up with Jeremiah Johnson, Mountain Man, and they became the bestest of friends, much like us here. They started up a gang, and then that gang turned on them, so they decided to go solo, and by solo, I mean together, with Robert Redford's girlfriend. (laughs) Along the way, they have to run from the police, the army, a guy named LaForce, a Native American who can track really, really well, and, uh, I don't know, trains? Something to do with trains? They travel all the way from the United. They travel all the way from the, the United West down to Bolivia, where they may or may not have been shot to death. Uh, the majority of the events in this movie are true to life, with the exception of the very end, because technically speaking, we don't know what happened to them for sure. That said, this is Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, my favorite movie, and I think we're starting to all kind of yeah move that direction. <clears throat> where to start? Where to start? Well, you know where we should start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get a drink. Yeah, absolutely. We I definitely need. We definitely need something to drink for this one. Long, so long horse ride in. There's uh. a uh, there's a drink called Don't Rob Banks in Bolivia <laughs> that in- intrigued me. Is that really a drink? That's the name of it. Kid. Yeah, yeah. The next time I say let's go someplace like Bolivia, let's go someplace like Bolivia. <laughs> next time. Next time. Oh uh, shit! There. So. <laughs> this movie has, or this movie, this drink has an ounce of liquor 43, three quarters of an ounce of Kahlua, three dashes of our Aztec chocolate bitters. Y'all know what we're, what we're de- dealing with here. Uh, and 
a little bit of uh, orange as a garnish, and you top off the glass with some soda water. Give it a little bubble. A lot of orange. Mm, yeah. Ooh, that's different. Okay. It's different. Now, full disclosure. That 43. I that, have not had this drink before, <laughs> clearly. Um, I found this like recipe and... Yeah. I did, yeah. Yeah, I was. Uh, this is a completely different profile than I was expecting. Yeah. So what we're working with is the coffee is very clear. Uh, it's very upfront, but what finishes is almost this vanilla yeah. from the liquor yeah. forty three, which is like that sarsaparilla. Yeah, we're getting it's, sarsaparilla time. Yeah, yeah he sh he should somewhere have between it like a root beer and an iced tea, yeah. but hard. Mm -hmm. Solid. It's, it's not. It's not a very. It's 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 all booze basically, but. Uh, it's not strong. It's not overly powerful. I, this is growing on me a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, there are variations of this drink I'd like to point out. Um, if you want to throw in a little bit of like uh, spicy pepper vodka or uh, pepper infusions or citrus infusions, uh, he did recommend some of those. But we just went with the base drink to kind of check it out for the first time. And uh, it gets a thumbs up for me. That's good. Yeah. It's real good. That said... Even first-time viewers would love this movie. <laughs> Am I wrong? I don't disagree this with you. This movie gets into it right away. Movie. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not waiting for any No, fire away. I was going to ask you for your opinions first. Um, I think straight up front with the, the we've talked about it before, pre um, the amber hue that is given mm -hmm. off. And I watched a remastered version of this in 4K, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, might have been a, the wrong move um, <laughs> to, you know, to get towards the the whole the dynamic of it but i couldn't i couldn't refuse you know mm -hmm. um what they've done to this movie and what this movie truly comes across as right off the bat is structure mm -hmm. um just given by the close-ups on paul newman and and robert redford off the bat they know who their players are mm -hmm. they hit every tone of their texture of their face and almost you know who they are before they even set foot on a true scene mm -hmm. love the opening scenes of this movie yeah i'm gonna pause you there so there's there's a lot of movies uh it's mostly a a uh like a superhero trope but in in, in just movies in general like we we look for an origin story this movie establishes butch cassidy and the sundance kid like at the end of their careers mm -hmm. So if you want to compare this to uh, Tombstone, another great Western, or Young Guns, both of those movies show you how they became the cowboys or the, the lawmen that they mm. were. This doesn't do that. This nope. is like, you you know the names. You know the names. So, like, we're just going to get into it. Yeah. You know, there's there's no need to uh And that's how was, the director you said was, his name was George. George, George uh, something yeah. or other. George Roy. Uh, yeah, it's like I okay. said, I always forget. George Roy Hill. That was why I wrote it down. I don't know if it was him or the players or what it was, but the chemistry that everyone seemed to have in this film was mm -hmm. otherworldly almost. Um, it's like they've been working together for years, and I don't know if that's. I think I think there's the, part of that they've is they've been in the game for yeah. so long, or there it is. Yeah. yeah, and they they both they all gave each other space, meaning the director, Robert Redford, Paul Newman, and also Catherine Ross. Yeah, because um, I uh, 
she had a problem, I believe, that we talked about earlier. Uh, well, she didn't have a problem, but they didn't really work together as well because mm-hmm. they once thought they would have. Mm-hmm. So they kind of both gave up some ground um, to make the better quality film. Yeah. Better, better quality scene, I should say. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, is this before or after The Graduate? Do either of you know? Not I think sure. this is after The Graduate. Not sure on that one. Um, so, but either way... Like she's established in the industry, and like we're we're talking about a, a a good director, a good cast, and this was still a learning experience for him. You know, he was he was able to more easily give space to Redford and Newman because he knew their reputations. Even though you know Redford's kind of early in his career, somewhat, somewhat, yeah. Um, you know, he made a name for himself. Mm. And this girl, you know, for all practical purposes in his mind, it's just this girl mm. um, has done maybe a couple of movies. And she that the interactions between the two of them made him rethink. Yeah. Rethink everything about it. It's got to be tough during that, that time period as well. Being a standalone actress, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, enveloped with huge names. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? She's. You know, the, Paul Newman spoke about this movie a few times and saying that he approached this role as very loose, mm-hmm. um, being able to kind of just show up and do his thing. And that wasn't the case for Robert Redford or um, Catherine Ross. They, mm-hmm. they had to dive in a little bit more. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. There's, I, I'm getting goosebumps and I'm getting giddy, man. This, the, the, just the way they work together and the, mm-hmm. the space that they were able to achieve on screen is just a testimonial to them off screen because yeah. they had to have worked in some of the closest areas on themselves. I, I don't know, man. It's just a, well, you can, nuts, you can man. tell it that, that this, <laughs> this movie, movie developed friendships, yes. you know, cause obviously you know, these people work together again, yeah. you know, in various combinations, but you know, it's true masterpiece. Like yeah. I, I talk about master class and masterpiece as separate things mm-hmm. in this case. They're one and the same. This movie is a masterclass in how to make a great Western that, in my opinion, all of the best Westerns, not the hotels, the I movies. I was going to say. Um, all of the best the Westerns not that great. kind of follow this this line where the they they tend to be a little bit more jovial in some places, a little more serious in others, um, and they, they develop more of their character. Rather than the, like you look at John Wayne uh, westerns or you look at, at spaghetti westerns from from uh, Sergio Leone, they're all about what's happening. Mm-hmm. This movie is about these men in the West. Mm-hmm. So you know, Open Range, another great western, is about the characters. It's based on this formula. That said, this is also a masterpiece and a master class for all the same reasons. Mm-hmm. You can learn from it, yep. and you can also marvel at the art. Yep. And it's not just the characters. It's um, the plot. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing sequence uh, put together. Um, some might get tired of hearing um, footsteps from the horses, the, <laughs> you know, coconut shells, Monty Python, you know. Um, these revolvers the, with, like, 32 bullets. <laughs> some of them were okay. They did some reloading. I won't get into it too much, but, man. Um the uh, the layout mm-hmm. the the portrait that's painted through this movie um, 
<clears throat> I, I think I read that it, a lot of it was um, done in Durango, Colorado. Mm-hmm. Spent a good amount of time out there. Mm-hmm. Very hilly, very nice, you know, natural mining town. Um, <clears throat> it's just the cinematographer and the director mm-hmm. worked really well together, hand in hand. They were picking out spots way prior to this movie, mm-hmm. even got into production. It shows. It everything is painted in a vast portrait, including the art of the character. Mm-hmm. Um, the development was there all the way through. I mean, you have two guys that have been best friends for a long time. They somewhat pine over, you know, Etta, Etta's character. Um, we'll cut back to that. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of. That's. I think that's one of the most more iconic parts of that film mm-hmm. is the bicycle ride. Yeah. Um, you know, you got um, Burt Baccarat, right? Oh, yeah. Burt. <laughs> he did the whole score, the whole yeah. soundtrack. <laughs> so, like, that it just comes in in such a loose, just, you know, happy-go-lucky kind of film. Mm-hmm. Um, then back into some... Re- it, the, 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 the ways and froze, the twos and froze, mm-hmm. it's, it's there, man. It's there. So what's your favorite scene, you think? Um... Jump, jumping into the river, jumping into the river right. is the one that always like got me excited. Uh, me and my dad used to used to quote that scene to each other a, a, a lot, in, in, intentionally out of context. <laughs> you can't swim or what? Yeah, well, no, we could, we were both pretty decent swimmers. It was just like just in random circumstances. Whenever whenever it came to mind, you'd be like, "Hey, old man." Fall will probably kill you, <laughs> and he'd he'd laugh, and it you know it was just one of those things. Cause we both we both really enjoyed this movie, yeah. and this was probably, gosh, this might have been the first great movie I ever saw, mm-hmm. um, and it's definitely a, a good place to start. But, uh, you know, just just I've been watching this movie at least once a year for how old am I now? A million, almost twenty five years. Oh yeah, so. <laughs> I've seen this movie more than everything except for two other movies. We won't mention those. Yeah. Because they probably don't hold a candle. <laughs> probably kids' <laughs> movies because you have a son. <laughs> Chances are. Um, one of them is a movie from my from my high school days, and one of them is, is a movie that my son watches all the time. So, uh-huh. like, this is the best movie yeah. I've seen the most. Yeah. So, it, and, and... But why? Uh, There's more. So, if... if if you if you'll allow me to step away from the critique for a moment, yeah. like from the plot pr- critique and just look at this movie as a whole, yep. um, this movie is brilliantly shot. Uh, the 100% the agree. constant use of wide shots during travel moments and no dialogue during almost any of those scenes really enforces the thought that number one. We are in the Wild West. Mm-hmm. Everything is wide open. And number two, these guys are traveling a long way. So every scene with a horse in it, is, it, it, it fatigues the audience in the same way that it fatigues the characters. So the cinematography itself actually bonds you with the main characters in a way that is very unique and special. And I have never seen repeated to this level. Yeah. This this movie binds you to these characters in a way that you never expected. So you actually do go with them through all these journeys. You're every time they're in a tight spot, you're like, mm-hmm. 
okay, jump, let's jump, let's yeah. jump. Or, you know, they're running from these guys. And, you know, who are these guys? We can't, we can't get away. Yeah. You feel like you're part of the posse. And they, they already know that themselves that they are at such a high class mm-hmm. of bank robbers. Yeah. Or, you know, they're, they're, it's a career. They're an elite. <laughs> yeah. They're, yeah, they're uh, you know, elite criminals, mm-hmm. you know. And so for them to fall back and be like, hey, who the fuck are these guys? Yeah. Is nuts. Yeah. Um, but I think also to add on to your camera aspect, I think that adds a lot of the timing and pacing of this movie, too. Mm-hmm. It's because they're able to take those broad shots mm-hmm. that you were talking about and have these guys feel like they're days away, mm-hmm. um, but they're right on their ass, Yeah, you know, and like, and, yeah. and the elevation plays a part and, and that as well, you know, mm-hmm. what we talked about as far as picking placement of where the movie's going to be shot. Mm-hmm. I think it all and adds camera in. placement. Yeah. Like oh, they've got, true. they've yeah. got these cameras set up in the foothills while these guys are down in the valley. Mm-hmm. They made a joke. Actually, they used, they were laughing about how uh, George filmed this movie, Robert Redford and, and uh, Bush, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Paul Newman. They would like they were sticking um, trees, like uh, bushes, like in their in their in their shirts, to so they wouldn't see their face because they're like, we're the stars. Why are you why are you shooting all these 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 scenes behind bushes and stuff? People want to see our face, and so they're like they're walking around offset like with this stuff, just making making jokes, you know. I, I, I don't know. It just <laughs> it, it's it's shot in a way that makes you feel like you understand the scope of the West. So when when Butch Cassidy first talks about going someplace like Bolivia, it actually feels like a faraway place. Whereas in a modern movie, like take forget modern movies, watch any Indiana Jones movie. Yeah. You travel halfway around the world in a great montage, but you don't get a scope of how big the world is. Yeah. Like the journey from New Mexico to, because I'm pretty sure they were based in New Mexico. Right around there. Um, New Mexico to Bolivia is a couple thousand miles. You know, we're yeah. talking like 4,000 miles here. Not a joke. So, Not a day's travel. Right. Especially on a Horseback. horse. <laughs> Since you only got one and there's You're two right. dudes riding it. <laughs> <laughs> two dudes riding horses. I don't know. I don't know what the problem is here. All right. No, it's great. They tried to lose these guys in every way they could. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they sent off a burning horse to yeah. try to, you know, to try yeah. to get them off their tail. Nope. That Indian guide or whatever it was, you know, best mm-hmm. in the world. Lord Baltimore. Lord Baltimore. <laughs> Isn't that a rapper? It should be. Right? Should be. <laughs> well, here's my new Well, I don't career. know. Baltimore's got cultural issues that I don't know if you want to be associated with. So I'm a lord. We're going to talk about it another time. All right. There. <laughs> um, yeah. So you had brought up uh, your confusion over the, the scene with, with the girlfriend. Not necessarily confusion. With Catherine I mean, Ross. I just thought that was a... I thought it was well-placed um, because mm-hmm. these guys are so tight, so close-knit, and pretty much uh, Robert Redford's character got to the girl first is what mm-hmm. it kind of came off as, you know? But she has love for them no matter what. It's it's an mm-hmm. endless, timeless love that for both of them. Mm-hmm. And she knows that Bush is the more happy-go-lucky, fun-loving guy. You know, he picked up... he. Bought a bicycle from the guy that was talking yeah. shit about him, <laughs> uh, you know, so who, who yeah. took the stage from them as they're in town trying to get a posse going to to get their money back. And the guy's like, yeah, I bought a bicycle, you know, and he shows up with this thing honk, 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 and he's doing, you know, Superman's and yeah. <laughs> one footed stuff. And you want to take a ride? And no, it was. And then Burt Beckerat comes in and it's like the most like one. Well, of the most I, iconic hang on that parts. song. Isn't that BJ Th- Thomas? I'm not sure the original. 
Yeah, that that's the only Rain song in the in the entire the in the entire movie that is not done by the composer. Hmm. It's BJ something. Um but it's yeah, it's the raindrops are falling on my head. This so is like good. the the most perfect use of that song. And while Robert Redford's sleeping after a night of obvious <laughs> heavy, raucous love heavy love making. <laughs> she takes off with his best friend to go ride a bike. the bus, he come back. He's like, "Wait, what? What are you doing?" And Bush is like, "Stealing your girl, keeper, yeah, keeper, whatever, keeper." <laughs> well, and and see, I'm, I'm interested to see. Aren't you? Yeah, so yeah, good. Interested to see what your takeaway was from that because for years I thought they were both dating her. Yeah, uh, at the when it I, gives that impression. You're initially. totally right. When I first saw this movie ages ago, it was like that too. I was like, oh, "That's interesting, weird," mm-hmm. you know. But now it's like. As an adult, There's, it makes more sense. They're all just like so comfortable with each other. Yeah. They've obviously known each other for 20, 30 years. That she knows exactly mm-hmm. what he's into because they get into that weird when he leaves. Yeah. Um, Butch and his lady of the night, <laughs> and <laughs> and he goes, "I'm gonna I'm gonna go out. I gotta whatever. See you about it, girl." Yeah. And he comes up with this gun cocked, like it, making her strip <laughs> right. and stuff. <laughs> well, it's, I mean, it's, it's, Butch shows yeah. up. And he's riding a bike. Like, yeah, hey, hop on. Let's go pick some apples. You know what I mean? Just riding. A, down the well, road I mean, let's it. let's. Uh, right. She's she's a sucker for the bad children. guy. Ear, earmuffs sucker children. Sucker for the bad guy. Because like that's just a role play. Well, yes, that's just a bedroom role play. Well, of like, course, that's all it is. But you don't recognize the difference between the two relationships in your youth. Yeah, I think as an it took an watching it as an adult a few times. Be like, oh, I've actually had friends like this mm-hmm. where. If I had relationship problems, I would call them both and put them on. Like I would have them. I would call one of them, and have them put me on speaker, and like they were intimately aware of my situations, and like whatever it's gonna take. Lay those me are down. those are very unique and special friendships. Yeah, and it it really bolsters your belief that they would go to Bolivia together Mm. as a trio. And that's huge in this movie. Mm. Um, I think that that companion companionship and trust between Mm -hmm. all three of them, I mean, she got up and left, you know, after not seeing Redford for who knows how long, you know, Mm -hmm. but it's just that camaraderie that they, I think they've been together since they were kids. You make it, it makes you feel like that, you Mm -hmm. know, and same with, same with the relationship between Robert Redford and Paul Newman. I don't know. I don't know if there's an, a better on-screen duo than those two guys. I agree. Um, I think they work hand in hand together. I mean, just even mannerisms and just facial expressions. It's like they, it's it's like they're it's natural. Yeah, they're it's, it's not acting. It's not it's acting. Natural. Yeah, it comes so clear mm-hmm. to this movie. Mm-hmm. Well, and I mean, you're you're talking about a caliber of actor that we don't see very much of these days off the top of my head, like the modern generation. I can't think of anyone who really stands up to Newman. I I see a few Redfords, but Redford's still around. Leo is my Redford. I think, uh, yeah, I, I could see Leo kind of going in that category. Um, they were just, they were class act guys. Mm. They were class act actors. And, and they approached it with, yeah. I don't know the whole backstory of their entire career, but mm-hmm. it seems like they approached it with grace and respect for the art. I know that for sure out of Redford. They mm-hmm. were both they, Redford and Newman were both working with the director, mm-hmm. like over time mm-hmm. when they're supposed to be 
Yeah. Like cut and like doing their own thing coming in because there was so much going on set with like the pyro and the explosions and all these mm-hmm. train scenes, like chase scenes with all the horses and mules that like they would come in like coming after work and you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Stay yeah. an extra couple hours and they would do that and like go over stuff with the director so they could just fly mm-hmm. once they got on set. Okay. Make it make muscle memory essentially. Yeah. yeah. Sure. yeah. Definitely it, true to the art. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And speaking of the art, you brought up a, a new, a, a different part of the, the movie that makes, a lot of senses the pyrotechnics and the and the placement of their explosions mm-hmm. they had one of the best at the time yeah yeah. At, his name escapes me but he, he literally placed these people in perfect positions like that that one explosion mm-hmm. when those two guys it might have been it might have been actually when they I'm blow sorry, the train Sundance and butch yeah i, mm-hmm. I don't I, I don't recall but thank you there's enough dynamite there Butch. yeah thank you there's enough dynamite they're, there butch they're placed perfectly that was real shit do you know what i mean yeah. it was probably their stunt doubles but they were placed in a perfect position to get hit with a bunch of debris and be okay. I think it was them because if you look at their hair, there's debris in their right. hair when they're giving the lines. <laughs> but this was also balsa wood, yeah. so yeah, a little slightly safer to you know it's like tempered scatter glass. on people. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I but mean those those explosions were on point. Um, the the backup on a lot of that stuff because they were only able to do these shots once or twice. I mean, a lot of them are once. Yeah, it yeah. Was done like the once. explosion shot, it was yeah. like one shot, and they set up all of their cameras. Like have their main oh, camera. Oh yeah, every one of them. Like yeah, all twenty four or whatever they had. Right. 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 But um, also just like the money flying around mm-hmm. and just filming like you grabbing money yeah. and then yeah. Greg and then me. You know what I mean? It, it came down to like. That was like six really hours. expensive setups. Yeah. 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 yeah really expensive. Setups actually, I'm pretty sure that they said in that. Uh, the, the add-on to it, it was th- that was the, one of the most expensive parts to do because they had to do so much I- isolation shots. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I think that was actually the biggest budget it's seen in at that. Which time. is saying something out of a movie that only had a budget of what six million dollars. Yeah. yeah. So, no, the shit's real. I mean, yeah. the the way they came across. I mean, the when the when the when the stallions, the steeds came across. You know, they built ramps to make it look like they were jumping instead of just you know. Mm-hmm coming out of a train car they yeah. added so much real effect mm-hmm. i don't know i'm i'm i've been looking forward to this review and i'm really enjoying just listening i've been telling you for two years now <laughs> that this is my favorite movie and i think this is the best movie ever made so it, it's it's almost like uh and I've giving been recording you my, saying that it's up there. Well, you 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 you've never quite agreed with me. Yes. But it's like I handed off my child to you. <laughs> and and it's it's like you met my kid for the first time and you're like you're like, "Oh my god, he's so beautiful. Look at his eyes. He's he's everything you said and more." So watching you gush over this movie, it's it's really making I'm me happy. You. Yes. Because I'm very arrogant and I needed validation <laughs> that this was as You're good as You're not as, as arrogant as you give yourself credit for. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a conundrum. Or so I'm arrogant about my arrogance. There you go. That sounds yeah. good. Pretentious arrogance. Villain. <laughs> Lawful evil. No, no. I mean, I'm, I'm glad. I, I know you've been saying that for a long time. And I've always been on board with you saying, like, eh, it's up there, top ten, blah, blah. I think I finally, watching this critically, because I haven't seen this movie in a couple of years mm. um watching critically yeah it's it's jumped um i mean i we can get into that if you want to get into that but. well i mean the the plot is pretty straightforward yeah. you know it's very accurate to the reality um shasti was there anything uh that stuck out to you when you were watching it no it's the film work i mean it's all 35 mil it's 
like the amount of cameras they had to mm-hmm. blow up a balsa wood train, <laughs> the the dangers that come into the horse shots that Greg's talking about mm-hmm. for the animals and for the actors and for the stunt doubles. Um, yeah, that's what stands out for me. Overall, okay. as a movie, I mean, it's just a great, great film. Yeah. yeah. One of the best Westerns ever. It's, yeah. Like, it's, it's, there's not a whole lot to debate or argue because it's, it's so straightforward. Mm-hmm. And it really puts the craft on display. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, there's not a whole lot of room for theory or, you know, really nitpicking because everything was so meticulously done. Perfect. That, yeah, every scene comes off perfect. Like the relationships are perfect, the dialogue is perfect, the the cinematography, the placing, the marking, the, the eye lines, everything is great. Growth, and yeah, the, yeah, manipulation, it's 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 all there, man. So, we're gonna surprise you guys. Our taco score collective one. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> all right. So, I did my I did my work this week. Uh, I know it's a shocker. So this movie has a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Greg, where does this movie fall for you? Um, up there, ladies and gentlemen. Very, very up there. I'm giving this movie a 96. Highest score I've ever given a movie. This is the best movie we've covered. We're way past five minutes. Not that five. This is 96. The best, Let's this is the go. best movies we, we've covered. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge Godfather okay. guy. All that kind of stuff. There's one movie that sticks ahead, stands ahead in, in my head. So, I'm sorry. I'm getting all yeah, gushy. Yeah. <laughs> one movie that sticks in my head above this one. I won't talk about it yet. But what is it though? It's a foreign film called City of God. Okay. So, folks, it's going on the list. City of God is all going right. on the list. So yeah, uh, we'll 96. This movie is. Great in all facets, um, like you already talked about. Just, I mean, just, just the overall smooth grace that this movie is pulled off with. That's it, ninety six. All right, Jassy. Um, I don't want to give a half score. <laughs> I'm between eighty six and eighty seven here, and I'm going to go eighty six. Okay. For no in particular reason. <laughs> <laughs> Just where it sits. I get that's it. Where, that's where it's at on my whole, okay. whole scale. So. Okay. Uh, I don't think I'm going to surprise anybody. <laughs> this movie gets a 99 from me. 99-er. Yeah. There are, obviously, there is no such thing as a perfect film, so there is no such thing as a 100. But this movie, if I gave half scores... Would have gotten the extra half point. The extra. <laughs> it would have gotten the. It would have gotten extra. It would have gotten ninety nine tacos and a bite. Uh, I think this is the best film that has ever been made. Uh, both on a personal favorite level and a a critical film buff standpoint. Like this is the best film that has ever been put together. Yep. Uh, a few there, man. And I. It's up there. I, I really look forward to this being dethroned because if a movie can do better than this, mm-hmm. that is absolutely a movie I want to mm-hmm. watch every day. Mm-hmm. Like that is a movie that needs to be in my life constantly. Because mm-hmm. if you can do it better than this, then you aren't just doing something right. You're doing everything right. And that deserves accolades. 
accolades. You if you liked <laughs> this video and this podcast, give us some accolades. Give us some accolades. Hit that like button. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. And hit that bell notification on the YouTubes so you can be notified every time we drop a new video. When is that, you might ask? Just in case you're not feeling the whole bell thing and you don't trust YouTube. I understand. We drop new podcasts every Sunday. Cocktail Cinema is new every single week. We drop a new video project every Tuesday of the month starting in March of 2021. So... Every Tuesday, you will either get a thesis statement, a Josh's Hot Takes, or our newest segment, Director's Cut. I'll have Greg talk about that in just a moment. Before he does, though, I'd also like to talk about our Patreon. If you feel so inclined to support us financially, head on over to patreon.com slash sippableopinions and pledge your allegiance, undying love, and your sweet, sweet green <laughs> so that we can feed our families like we do that we do this for you guys and uh you know all that money does go back into the podcast we've been able to get some some good equipment we've been able to expand uh we've been really able to to spread the love a little bit because of our patrons and uh you know we don't call you out enough but we see you we hear you we appreciate the shit out of love you thank you you know everything from cameras to our uh mason Rework. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we're expanding. <laughs> we're doing our thing. Just make it visually pleasing, stimulating to all. Um, Director Scott's gonna be a big one for us. Yeah. I think it's gonna be great. Um, we're gonna cover all your favorites, some of your maybe not so favorites, but uh, we'll get there together. Yeah. So who's our uh, who's our first director for that, Grego? Remember James Cameron. James Cameron. James Cameron. Jimmy Cam. So we're talking, we're talking Terminator, we're talking Avatar, you know, everywhere along the list. Yeah. And it's going to be Titanic and his stuff. His monumentous hit, Piranha 2. Piranha 2? Quit playing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so look for, look for Greg like James Bond. He will return in the next episode. Now we're moving on to the master of the mix, the king of the keyboard, the man who makes us sound way better than we deserve. Shasti himself. Yeah, what's up, vibe? <laughs> yeah, Patreon, keep coming back. Find me on Twitter, Shasi Folks, I usually just call him out so that you can see what this beautiful man looks like. Because he not only makes us sound good, but uh, he makes us look good, too, with these sexy look, cameras. Look at these lights. Look at these lights. <laughs> I'd also like to remind everyone that all the music you hear on our show is produced by Shasti himself and often written and in, in, uh, performed by him as well. Every now and then you will hear Greg on the bass. Shout if you listen to, to yeah, if you listen to uh, the Fozcast, you'll hear Greg's bass. Center loafer. That said, buy my book. <laughs> buy my book. One of these days, I'm actually gonna have that Simpsons clip ready, and you won't have to hear me keep doing that. But <laughs> until then, buy my book. I wrote a book called Reaper. It is the first in a series of young adult fantasy novels called The Gatekeepers. Find it on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, anywhere online. You buy your books in hardcover, paperback, and ebook. Just search Josh Price Reaper, and it'll be the first thing that shows up. It's a dark blue cover with the moon on it, and Dead Giveaway is my name. My name is also on the cover. Your name? My name. <laughs> um, it's a good marketing strategy. <laughs> <laughs> Makes it a little bit easier for people to find it. Uh, yeah, we thank title? you. <laughs> oh, man. We, we thank you for finding us, folks. And we see you, we hear you, we love you. We will see you next time, but we have to say goodbye.
watch you die. This is no time for bravery. I'll let you. 